Welcome to the business of being healthy, where we are passionate about treating our health as good as we treat our wealth. Shelly Bryan here, and I'm obsessed with showing high achievers how to level up their performance without sacrifice. Together, through real-life experience and guest expert knowledge, we push aside the BS to take massive intentional action. By tuning in twice a week, you will receive the straightforward talk you've been waiting for, filled with actionable steps that will inspire you to achieve the health you deserve while you are building your empire. Right. Well, welcome back to a, another episode of the Business of Being Healthy podcast. My name is Shelly Bryan. I'm your host today. And I have to tell you how excited I am for today's guest. So Felicia Romero, I have followed her for quite some time, maybe stalked her a little bit, I'm just going to say. But overall, watching her journey in the last several years is why it is essential that I had her on a podcast. I got to see her speak live last year, and I knew that she had so much value. But today, I hope that you're ready to buckle in because... She is a fitness business mentor. She has been a coach for over 15 years, but made a pivot in 2017 after she sold her last gym. And she has been obsessed with learning the ins and outs of building a profitable online coaching business. She is also the host of the Hi Felicia podcast and doing amazing things. So Felicia, welcome so much to the show today. Oh my goodness. So excited to be here. I know right when we were jumping on, you know, and this is just a note to those listening, like going into collaborations or going into talks or even just whatever you're creating in your life and business, it gets to be fun. It gets mm. to be fun. And I'm so looking forward to this conversation and just having fun with you for the next 30 minutes to an hour. Yeah. We're going to have a good time. And the questions will be surprised where, where we go, but tell yeah. us a little bit about yourself. I, I gave a little bit of kind of like that quick bio, but share a little mm-hmm. bit about yourself and where you are right now when it comes to business. Absolutely. So all in a nutshell, sort of condensed it down because there's so many, it's crazy. I turned 40 last year and you know, when you like talk to people or, or you run into someone that you knew from like a certain area in your life, because, you know, we all have these different lifetimes, right? These things that we experience, whether it be high school or college or your first business, or maybe a job you used to have. And so really sort of thinking of the last 40 years, I've had so many different pivots in my life that have led me to the place that I'm at now. Um, But I know you mentioned that you used to follow me. I used to, you know, obviously compete in bikini competition. So I'm just going to take it back to that. Um, so when I was in college, I was going to Arizona state studying law, um, got my, you know, uh, have my bachelor's in political science, took my LSAT for law school. It was my mom's dream. Not really my dream. I come, I was first generation, uh, Mexican to, to, to graduate, uh, and then to actually get a degree in college. And so for my mom, it was really this, like for her, it was this like, oh, I'm, you know, my daughter is this, this lawyer or doctor, or she, she had, had to be this title. And so when I was going into law, I knew that it's not what I wanted to do. And during my college years, I actually met a guy and he was my, a boyfriend that I actually, you know, he was like, encouraged me, Hey, you should get certified. You know, you should become a trainer. I'm a trainer. He was a manager at a gym and you should get certified. And, you know, you get to like make your own schedule while you're going to school. And I was like, cool. Okay. And I did that. I got certified and I actually started training people out of my garage while I was going to college. And little did I know that that choice making that choice. Cause we don't know, you know, we're all faced with choices and those choices lead to the next decision, the next phase in our life. Little did I know that that would lead to just this career in fitness. I really found what I love to do. It was really a, a, a moment of my passion, meeting my purpose. Mm. And even in my birth chart, I don't know if you follow astrology, but like coach is in my DNA coaching and mentoring is just like ingrained within me. And it was something that I loved. I didn't know where it was going to take me, Shelly. Like I just did it because I loved it. I didn't see bigger picture. I just kept my head down and just kept making decision after decision. So fast forward, opened up my first gym, didn't go to law school. Shocker. <laughs> didn't go to law school. Didn't <laughs> want to do that. And um, ended up going back to school, getting my master's in exercise uh, and wellness at Arizona State. Uh, for me, degree in my family was just really important. Do I use it now? 
No, I don't use it, but I'm so thankful for the discipline and the follow through that it taught me. But yeah, open up my first gym at the ripe age of 22. I saved up a whole summer, $10,000 to be able to like purchase equipment. I had my first storefront, 1500 square foot storefront. And over the course of 12 years, Shelly, I would um, own and sell three gyms over that time with my last gym being sold in 2017 called Felicia Romero's Fit Method. It was sort of this group membership program, very similar to like an Orange Theory membership program with hybrid classes, fusion classes. And um, you know, started to pursue the online space in 2017 because, again, I'm a person that really follows my heart. And when I get that nudge that this has expired and I need to move on, I go for it. Like I can't tell you how many times, Shelly, I have like reinvented myself from the ground up. And you're never really starting from scratch. You're starting from experience. You know, let's be honest. But I always just kind of just followed that path of like, well, I don't care if I got to start over, got to start over. And here we go. So um, over the course of those years, I competed, you know, I placed top four in the world at what I did. For those that may not know who are listening now, I was an IFBB figure pro. Um, And I turned figure when figure was relatively new, that um, division was new, I would say 2004, uh, Jenny... Jenny Ryan, I think that was her name. Oh, I'm, I'm probably forgetting her name, but she was the first figure Olympia in 04. I started competing in 06. So I started competing when the, the federation and the division had a one piece and a two piece. They don't have that anymore. Um, so I'm really dating myself. This was many, many years ago. Turned pro at my very first national show and literally was in the right place at the right time. I'm a believer in action. Action creates momentum, which then creates opportunity. And so I was taking action, created momentum, created opportunity for me then to have, you know, network of people that were in the magazine world, which led to my first covers of Muscle and Fitness Hers, Oxygen, Flex, um, Strong Magazine, like all the things. And so, you know, eight magazine covers later, it really helped me grow and build my career organically online. And, and, you know, when I first started Shelly, there was no social media, there was no like Instagram model, there was no, you know, ways to grow in that way. So it was really just that you had to be in the right place at the right time and meet the right people to get that sort of exposure. And so, yeah, that's been, you know, the last, gosh, I would say since 20, 2002, 2003. So it's been, a long, long journey to get to where I'm at now. I absolutely love sharing that. And there are so many things that you shared in that point that I want to dive in today. And that's like the pivoting, the pivoting point, because I feel like we get sometimes stuck where we're like, oh, I can't do this or "Mm, I'm too old or what have you. And you are living proof that that's not the case. And I loved Mm. what you said that you are starting from experience. And that's been a theme with a few of the guests that I've had on the podcast is like, we had to go through all of that past to get where we are now. Like Mm. we couldn't Mm -hmm. be making those decisions if we didn't have that experience. So could you share a little Mm. bit about like your thoughts in pivoting and, and really even this last pivot into what you're doing now um, and how that has just blossomed or or affected you. Yeah. The way that I view pivot is truly for me, it's a chance for growth. So when Mm -hmm. I think of pivot and, you know, when people think of pivot, sometimes they think like, oh my gosh, I'm leaving my, my corporate job and I'm pursuing this online thing or my own business, or, you know, I'm going to pivot from, you know, helping these people to like what my true passion is and helping these people. And so I think that pivoting is a natural human evolution. Like it's something that we need in order to grow and expand because the thing is like, if we aren't growing and we aren't expanding and we're sort of just stuck in this, where we've been in that comfortability, then we never really truly grow. You know, I I have this diagram. I know for those listening, you can't really see it, but you know, I have this diagram and I've been talking about manifestation lately and you see this person, you know, and let's say you are the person, Shelly, you're the person right there, that little stick figure, Mm -hmm. and you have your goal, you know, you have your goal and the goal is, is let's say it's, it's actually, if, you know, for those listening, you can visualize this. Let's say you're on a football field and you're like right in the middle, you're at the 50 yard line, or I'm not great with football, like numbers, <laughs> but you want to get to the end zone. Like you want to get down and, and your goal is there at the end zone. Well, 
you have to continue to evolve and expand as a human in order to get to that goal. Because for a lot of us, we want the straight shot. For a lot of us, we want the, let's say the seven figure business, which is, you know, where I'm heading right now in my business. I want to create the seven figure business. You know, I've really mastered this multiple six figures and, you know, the Felicia, if I were to really look at the decisions I'm making and the business that I have, am I able to hold a seven figure business? Probably not. If I'm being completely honest with myself, I probably have to have certain systems in place. I probably need to hire a little bit more maybe to my team in order to scale and handle that sort of influx. And so like, in order for me to get there, instead of me thinking, well, I want a seven figure business, I think about who can I be today that is going to get me closer to my goal. Right now, it may be keeping my head down, serving the people that are in my community. Before you know it, you are quantum leaped to the end goal. And all of a sudden, you look up and you're like, wow, oh my gosh, I'm hundreds away from a seven-figure business. Like, how did this happen? Well, this happened because you stayed focused and you kept working each and every day to get there. So instead of focusing on the end goal, which a lot of people do, like, oh, I want to lose... 20 pounds, like I have to lose 20 pounds. Well, you're going to get there eventually, but what can you do today that's going to get you closer to the goal? Because before you know it, you will hit your goal and it is who you become along the journey, right? Like they say, you know, lottery winners who win the lottery within five to eight years, they've gone bankrupt again or lost all the money. I don't want to say bankrupt, but lose all the money and they go back to their financial thermostat of where they're at. There's a reason for that. When you get this windfall of money of millions of dollars, for a lot of people, they don't really know how to hold on to that. They're probably spending it on a lot of different things, cars and houses. And before you know it, they're back to ground zero with their financial thermostat, wherever they were comfortable in the first place. But if they would have earned that $100 or that million dollars, if they would have They've gone through the journey of learning how to make a million dollars. Well, guess what? They have the experience of the tools and the strategies to do it again. And, you know, back to that, I know so many millionaires, I've had them on my podcast that have lost millions only to go back and make that million dollars, multiple million dollars in their business again within the first couple of years after losing because they have the experience, they have the tools. They have the know-how and the resiliency to be able to create that. And it's so it's it's again who you become on the journey to that outcome. I really absolutely love that. And for everyone tuning in, you know, I would I would first go back and rewind because that was absolute knowledge that Felicia just dropped. And there's a couple points I want to highlight. One is that that focusing on that goal. I literally just met with someone before um, we're recording this right now. And that shift has been happening for me. I'm not so much thinking about like right now, thinking about that goal. I'm like, what actions can I take right now that will, to your to your um, verbiage is create the momentum, right? That keeps me going. And I think it's that shift of experience. I wasn't able to be in that mind frame, except for I needed the experience in the past couple of years. So I think mm-hmm. that it's like our experience is such a gift And being able to continue to take that action puts us in the place that we want to go. Now, one thing I would love for you to dive in a little bit more on is that financial thermostat. I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. Talk Mm -hmm. about that because you've changed, right? Like from owning your gyms, right? Mm -hmm. Even like thinking, Mm -hmm. even like, let's take it back. Going to law school, FYI, I was going to, I was going to go to ASU law. Like I was, and I, and I backed out, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, we're so much even more similar than I thought. Um, Yeah. I took the LSAT. I was going and then I'm like, what am I doing? So, but you have that, like that financial mindset, right? And then you started the gyms and then now to where your business is and going from multiple six figures into seven, how Mm -hmm. are you adjusting your financial thermostat? Oh, now this is such a great question and such a juicy one. And this is going to be so great for, I'll try to like, you know, really make sense as I'm I'm speaking about this. And this is going to be so great for those listening right now who struggle with not only creating the income they desire, but also holding on to it. Because how many of us are like, oh, well, I'm making money, 
but I have nothing to show for it. Like, well, mm. like I haven't really built any sort of wealth essentially. Right. And so like, this was an eye opener for me. And I'm going to give you a little context because I don't want to say like, Hey, I'm, you know, I've built this multiple six figure business 400. I, I, I closed the year last year, $400,000 business. And I'm really wanting to scale in 2023. And that is my goal. But to give you all some context, I had my car repossessed little as six or seven years ago. Okay. Literally owning my gym. When you own a gym, you're the last to be paid, you know, and I was very, always very like humble, like, Oh, well, I don't mind giving my services for free. Like it's, I know it's going to come back to me. Like I wasn't very business savvy. Like I didn't have that business mindset, but I'm very good at building a brand that like for those that are listening, who are like, their name is their brand and they, they are that entrepreneur. It's very, very, it's, you know, those types of people, it's very, they find it very easy to like build themselves and build the brand, but it's really hard to like micromanage or delegate. And it's really hard to like build that bigger vision. And from what I've seen. So for me, I really struggle with money mindset. Like again, I had my car repossessed like little as six or seven years ago. So for those that are listening, you, I want you to know that you can get out of the hole that you're in with a couple of things that I'm going to share with you now. Well, first things first, you know, I know what it's like to be in survival mode. I know what it's like to, you know, take on clients because you got to take on clients because you're just surviving. You literally just have to make money. And I get that, you know, but what I want people to, to really like sink into is really evaluate what you're doing right now. And are you doing it because you're settling for good instead of going for great, right? And so we're saying yes to opportunities because it's this shiny object. Oh, there's, there's a client and, you know, maybe you dropped your prices because the, the the higher price that you had was, you know, maybe too much for them. And we're just sort of all over the place with our energy. So I will say your energy has to match where you want to go, okay? Mm-hmm. So whenever you hear... Like, oh, this price point's not for me. I guarantee you there's someone out there who will pay the price that you want. There's a reason Mm -hmm. why we have people who maybe want to buy jewelry at Target and there's people who buy jewelry at Tiffany's. Like there is a price point for everyone. So you first have to work on your own self-worth, what you value, what you know you're worthy of, of achieving. And you have to get really good with that. And that may come with changing your mindset from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset and doing some work around that. Maybe you have Mm. to work with some deep rooted trauma, which I did. I would make money, but I had nothing to show for it. And then I got myself into bad financial situations. And I was so used to the identity of the struggle, right? Mm. And so I had to work with like that generational trauma of, you know, the way that I spent money, the way that I looked at money and the way that I held money. And that took some deep work. I did a lot of different programs over the last couple of years working on that inner work when it came to how I responded to money. And there was a trauma there. There was a trauma. And then uh, secondly, I want you to just play around, play around with the idea of what is possible for you and make it a little unrealistic. Right. And this is where we get to increase our financial thermostat. And what you're going to notice, actually, I'm going to share a story with you. My mom, she actually is here. She owns a cleaning service, cleaning business. And I remember years ago, you know, she's like, Felicia, can you give me some advice in in my business? Like, you know, I'm I'm wanting to expand. And I said, Okay, well, let's go through your financials. Like, how much are you making? She's like, Well, about four to five thousand a month. And I said, Okay, well, where do you want to be? She's like, Well, it, it'd be nice to like maybe make another thousand or like, no, think bigger. Where where do you think you can be? Well, 10,000, like, but again, you have to believe it, right? And I'm like, okay, 10,000 a month. Here's the plan. What are we going to do to get there? Well, first, you're going to have to increase your price point. You're going to have to increase your price point. She's like, well, no, what if I lose clients? I said, well, you may, but mm-hmm. you also have to trust and believe that there is a person out there who will pay the price that you want. And they're also probably going to be easier clients to work with. They're probably going to even tip you more. They're going to be more great. They're just, it's going to be a different level of client that comes into your world. And it's so crazy because I remember having the conversations with her months later, I want to say maybe six or seven months. And she's, she's here right now. We've had this conversation and she's like, Felicia, like 10,000 for me is nothing now. I make that without that was, that's like her baseline. And she said, I can't even fathom. She said, I I feel like it would be a really bad month if I made 5,000 that month. 
And like now she can hold more. She has the systems in place. She's increased her price point. She's working with dream clients that actually appreciate her and her work. And that is the level of like, okay, some things need to change. And it could be the littlest things right now, you listening right now for those listeners, littlest of things in your day-to-day, the changing of mindset, the changing the way you view money, looking at your bank account daily, those little things can absolutely shift your world. And so that was for me. It's like, I remember that feeling of getting my car repossessed and and living just in that scarcity, like scraping by each and every month. And I knew something needed to change. And honestly, for those listening, and, and maybe you've gone through this, that's where the true change happens. The change happens when the fear of staying the same is stronger than the fear of change. And so I knew something had to shift. And it did. And I'm so grateful for the shift that I've made the last five years to now be able to build true wealth, to be able to invest in real estate, um, to be able to be built our dream home in 2020, to not ever have to like be stressed. And honestly, the last couple of years, I'm so grateful. I haven't had a lot of stress. I have a solid friend group. I have a solid mentorship group. I have a great business. I don't have to worry about, am I going to be able to like get groceries next month? Like I'm very grateful for the situation that I'm in now, but it was because every day I focused on who I was being. And the more that I expanded my energetic expansion, my, my frequency, the right people came into my life. My fiance was my high school sweetheart my amazing friend group that I have that, you know, we're on this trajectory together, we're running together. It's like, it's amazing when you really focus on you, the amount of opportunities, you become a magnet, essentially, you become a magnet. So it's been pretty amazing. I love that. Now, you know, one thing I want to dive in here on a little bit more, because, you know, it's, it's like, we, we hear these stories, right. Of like, you made this shift and like, look at where you are now. And for some people, it's still hard. Like they're like your mom, right. They're like, I just, I just want the extra thousand. Like that would, and you're like, no, think bigger, right. Mm -hmm. And go bigger. You've done it. You've coached other people to do it now in their business. For you personally, it sounds like maybe the car repossession was kind of like a tipping point for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, looking back, were there signs and symptoms? I say symptoms. I have a, me- I have like a medical background, but like, I guess um, signals before that you were like, something's got to change. I don't know what, I don't, I don't know what that maybe mm-hmm. like looking back, you can go, okay. So these things were happening that maybe if I had had the vision to be able to recognize, maybe I could have mm-hmm. changed sooner or something like that. Because I think mm-hmm. that there's so many people out there, myself included, right? We are all continuing on this growth path that once you have the growth, you're like, wow, that, that sign was there for a year and I didn't recognize it. Like, this mm-hmm. is what I noticed that I wish, wish I would have seen earlier. Is there something mm-hmm. that you could share there that maybe would help some of our listeners be able to like recognize, like take the change now, don't wait for the car repossession. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And sometimes, oh my goodness, sometimes it is hitting that rock bottom, unfortunately, and everyone's journey is different. And I absolutely don't believe that in order to change, you have to suffer. But, and again, this, this comes with this level of being radically honest with yourself, radically Mm. honest on where you're at and where you want to be. And I will, I guess, number one, attribute it to, um, for me, I would say the signs and symptoms. Gosh, that's a great question. Cause I can't, let me think if I can think about this for a little bit. Let me try to pinpoint this. I think I, I wasn't aware. Well, that's the first step is just being aware of where you're at. For me, I would tell myself that, oh, I don't really need a lot of money. I don't need a lot of money to be happy. And I think that's the first, like, really identifying what your relationship with money is first and foremost, and re- and your relationship of where you're at in your life, right? My identity was like literally used to the struggle. My identity, even in relationships, we can even, and there's all different pivots, a career, relationship, your health, my identity, and you may be listening right that right now, and maybe you are overweight and you're not thriving in life, but that's sort of been your identity, right? It's like, oh, well, I am not the runner. I'm not the person who's lost weight. Oh, I always fail at these things. It's like those limiting beliefs that really keep us small. 
So for me, it was, I was just really used to having to work really, really hard in order to achieve anything. I had to scrape by, I had this identity of all my money went out at the first of the month only to have to work hard. It's almost like I thrived in that chaos. And again, that's a trauma response. It's a a deep trauma that you have when you are like craving that or addicted to that. Same thing in relationships. I was, I literally would attract the worst men, not that they couldn't commit that were probably going to abandon me. I had abandonment issues. And it was this vicious cycle, but I got used to the toxicity of we fight, we break up, we get back together. And we'd go, we'd do that for years that I was used to that. It's almost like this, like serotonin, you know, it's, it's a trauma response and it's not until number one. And this is going to sound, you know, this is again, the work that you have to do. You first have to be aware and you have to get tired of your own bullshit. You do, you have to get tired of it and know that you want to change the second step is to literally be around people who are steps ahead of you. This is, it may be mentorship. It may be, you know, a group of people that you start, you know, really getting into or maybe going to events, but really being around people to really reveal and show you what's possible in life. You'll start to learn more. You'll start to process. For you, if you can invest in mentors right now, for whatever reason, financially, this is books. This is podcasts. This is developing a routine of personal development to help you become aware of where you're at. Because again, now is the time to really take radical responsibility in your life. No one is going to come save you. It really has to come from within, you know? And the thing is, it should come from a place of desire because if someone is trying to like bring you along and like pull you, pull you towards that, whatever it is. Cause I know for me, I've tried to do that sometimes in mentorship. I sometimes believe more in that person than they believe in themselves. Well, I can't drag them to drink the water. Like they have to come at their own desire, right? Because that's where it's really going to last whatever change they're going to create. So yeah, it's just taking that radical responsibility, getting aware and becoming aware of your own bullshit and just making the changes necessary, mentorship, and then that personal development, self-development is really going to help. I absolutely love that. Thanks so much for sharing those tips. I I think that is just so much value in its own. And I can tell you, you know, um, speaking from experience too, is like, are these stories or are these truths? Like, and what can I listen to that might debunk the story that I'm thinking is a truth? Like I, mm-hmm. I need to expand. So the, the tips that you gave as far as like becoming aware, listening to the podcast, surrounding yourself with the right people, that is absolutely going to help you. So I really mm-hmm. appreciate that knowledge. And, you know, one thing I want to transition over to, because I love that you said pivot, we've been talking a lot about business and money, right? Mm-hmm. And we're going to do this in a little bit different way right now is your fitness, right? The pivot mm-hmm. in your fitness, because you went mm-hmm. from owning the gyms, this was your life, right? Mm-hmm. To now it's still a very important part of your life, but maybe it's pivoted or changed. Could you share yeah. how that pivot uh, has occurred, like what you've yeah. changed. And I would love for you to share. I know you and I talked about this off air, but it is so important. How important is your health to your business success? They are mm. one in the same. Oh my goodness. Yes. It is a, one of my core values is wellness, you know, feeling good, thriving. And, you know, when I used to compete, my health, my wellness actually, if I were to even break it down a little bit deeper, it was my vanity, like the way that I looked was my everything. Like it was literally the most important thing to me. And I will say that I think that's another, as I'm speaking now, it was probably another thing that really kept me kind of in that scarcity mindset, right? Like that kind of living months and months, not really making a lot of money because I put so much emphasis and focus on my physical vanity self because I competed, right? But back to the gyms, you know, owning gyms and wellness was a big part of my life, helping people, training people. I felt this shift. um, Well, in 2017, I sold the gyms mainly because I wanted more time freedom. I didn't get out of helping people. So then I basically just pivoted my business to online and was still training people in that way in the online space. I had an app and all the things, but it wasn't until maybe 2020, 2019. Honestly, I I felt the pivot coming because I didn't want to talk about macros anymore. 
I didn't mm. want to help a woman. I, I wanted her to see her worth beyond the scale. And that was really hard to do because everyone came to me wanting to lose weight, wanting to lose body fat. And honestly, because I wasn't in that space anymore, I really healed my mind and body from diet and exercise that I didn't diet anymore. It wasn't really that it was important. Health is important. Wellness is important, but the extreme lifestyle and the swaying every week and all of that wasn't as important. So myself, my person, I shifted. So what came with that also was the shift in the things that I like to talk about the people that I wanted to help. I noticed that I wasn't serving my clients anymore because I wasn't really invested in helping them lose weight because I wanted them to see beyond that, right? And for me, as my energy shifted as well from my body into my business, that's where things really started to also expand. And so, I mean, think about it right now for those listening, if you are on this health journey or maybe you are in the, you're the counting of calories or you're the kind of person who's like weighing every week and, and you know, that weight loss is really important for you. I mean, think about how much time, and I don't want to say it's time wasted because I don't believe in that, but like how much time you're spending thinking about what you're going to eat next, thinking about how many calories did I have last night? Am I able to, should I get up and do cardio? Like just think about how much time is spent focused on your body versus, and, and how much time can be freed up really putting that into something that is going to expand you, whether it be wealth, whether it be a business idea, whether it be a new hobby, right? Not to say that health and wellness isn't important. That's not what I'm saying. I think there's this fine line between, you know, I love the way everything's going right now with self-love and, you know, I, I was never really in love with diet culture, but I think wanting to be healthy is a good thing, right? And saying that anything is good or bad and putting moral value on food is something that we shouldn't do anyways. But mm -hmm. What I'm saying is, gosh, what if you freed up that time a little bit to put towards the things that you love? And for me, it's like I started to really talk about business and shifted into business in 2020. And that shift was really hard for me, Shelly, because mainly because my biggest moneymaker was fitness, people wanting to come to me for wellness and weight loss and all the things. And so when I stopped talking about that, and I started talking about business and how to grow your business, first, everyone was like, what is going on? And I had a dip in my financial income. And of course I was like, oh my gosh, I started to get a little nervous. And so, well, maybe I just should go back to fitness coaching. So I did it for another year. And then in 2020, I finally was like, now I'm making the shift. So, you know, sometimes a pivot could be like a soft pivot just to kind of get your feet wet until you're finally ready to make the dive. Um, have you ever experienced pivot in your life? Like where, what, what would you say you've pivoted from? Oh, absolutely. And I feel like it's been happening more in the last several years, just because I'm searching it out now, right? Yeah. Where before yeah. I grew up in the, right, go to your, go to your career, live in your job forever. I mean, I was with one company for 13 years. I thought I was going to be with mm -hmm. them forever, right? And get the mm -hmm. gold watch or, or what have you. And then I was mm -hmm. like, this doesn't fit anymore. Move to another company, all within the pharmaceutical industry. And while I received multi-million dollar training, it just didn't feel right after a while. And so then mm -hmm. I ventured off into entrepreneurship and have been there ever since. And through that, it's been multiple things. And so when the pivots, I'm, I'm recognizing them faster now. That's why I asked you that previous question, because now I'm looking to other people to be like, okay, they made that shift. What can I learn from them to make my shift that much faster, recognize mm -hmm. it and catapult the time. Because as you're yeah. saying with time right now, Felicia, and how much time we spend, right. With things that we're thinking about, we have to yeah. retrain our brain. And sometimes it's forcefully. Like for example, when I'm out taking care of the horses, I had these thoughts that kept coming in. So when I say forcefully, I actually had to put mm. earbuds in and listen mm -hmm. to specific things to keep my mind focused rather than kind of mm -hmm. go into this scarcity mindset or this worried mindset. Mm. And so I really mm -hmm. had to make like take significant action to make that change. Now it's very easy, but that's a tool I have mm -hmm. in my pocket that I can use if it were to come up again. Yeah. But, I'm going to share something with you. Yeah. What? So if you were to guess, what would be 
the number one trait you see if if we were to just take a poll of successful people, you know, and success, however you measure success, people who get things done, success, create success, whether it be business, health, whatever, what would you say is the number one trait that that person has? Consistency. 100% is just one of them. That's yes. But you know what the number one is? And you just said that right now, it's their ability to make decisions quickly. Mm. It's to not sit in indecisiveness. So successful people make decisions fast. They may fail, but they fail fast and they get up and they keep moving. So the number one trait that most successful people have across the board is the ability to not sit in indecisiveness and to be decisive in their decisions and make them quickly fail fast if that's what happens and to move on. But consistency absolutely is top five. But that number one is like being decisive in their decisions. Yeah, I forget what the book is. Uh I don't know if it was like a thinking grow rich or it's one of the books from like the 1940s or 1930s that, you know, make decisions quick, but be slow to change your decision. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it's, you want to be hasty in that decision, but if someone's going to try and change it, really take the time to kind of understand. But I love Mm -hmm. that. And I think it's even a good question that our listeners could even ask, like, if you find your weighing in this area is like, what decision can I make right now that will take me one mm-hmm. step closer to where I want to go? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I love yeah. that. Now, um, I was looking at your social media and I would absolutely, we'll, we'll, I want you to share all of that because I know everyone is going to want to follow you, but you had a reel on a quote from Jasmine Starr. Mm, you remember this yeah. reel? And the quote yeah. was, I have it right here. The overwhelm you're feeling is the things you used to pray for. Mm-hmm. How does that quote hit you? Oh, I remember exactly how it hit me. And when it hit me, I was sitting in the audience at the power, a powerhouse events here in Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona, hosted by Lindsay Schwartz. And she was in the audience and she was speaking and she said this and it was like, Boom. Like, and I, at the moment was feeling very overwhelmed because I had a bunch of speaking engagements coming up. So again, back to context, like overwhelm, when we feel overwhelmed, if you really, really narrow it down and get really specific, it's, it's probably the things that you, you were praying for. Right. So think about, you know, the mom right now listening, who's, you know, has a lot of things going on and they have the kiddos and they're trying to get them ready and they're up at night. They have no sleep. Well, remember a time when you were like wishing for a family, praying for a family, right? I remember for me specifically at that time, I was feeling overwhelmed because I had a bunch of speaking engagements. I got to speak alongside Jasmine at another event that she was speaking at as well. And it was like, I was feeling very overwhelmed. That was like the start of, I had four speaking engagements over the course of two months at pretty big events. And I was feeling so much pressure and so much overwhelm. And and then when she said that, it like literally, I felt this release in my body and my shoulders and my heart and everything. And, And I was like, oh, I prayed for these speaking engagements. Why am I making this difficult? Why am I creating this? Because in your body, your body can't differentiate between fear and excitement. It's pretty much the same feeling in your body, Mm -hmm. but I was treating it as fear versus excitement. And so that moment, it it literally lifted this off my shoulders. And, you know, if you're, if think about it right now, like maybe you have an inundated email, you know, inbox with emails, like remember a time when you're like, I wish someone would email me about my business, right. Or you have conversations in the DM or whatever it may be that you're going through. If we were to just switch that perspective a little bit and really change that mindset towards it and shift it into gratitude, gosh, your whole world could change. I love that. It was the absolute per her um, perception change for you. And that mm-hmm. like took it off. And, you know, for me, I'm, I'm a huge advocate for us being able to recognize stress. You know, I went blind in my left eye due to me not being able to manage my stress. And so I'm on a mission mm-hmm. to help other women be able to sh- like understand and see the stress and perception mm-hmm. is such an important part of that. So mm-hmm. I love really that you're able to, to do that. Have you had that happen with perception when it came to your health, right? Like your perception of what you used to think was healthy and now what you think is healthy or wellness. How has that changed? 
hundred percent. I literally didn't put any emphasis on my mental health. I pushed through. I did it no matter what. I had crazy anxiety, but I had to get my workout in. Like I was starving and hungry. My hormones were shifting because I had extremely low fat. Like it shifted my insides. Like I literally suffered. Um, I didn't have a period for a year. Like my hormones were all over the place. Like I, but if you were to look at me physically, Shelly, I was the epitome of health. Like if you were to look at me at the gym, oh my goodness, that girl, she is in great shape. She looks amazing. Inside, I literally had social anxiety. I had depression. I had, uh, obviously I was malnourished. I had, wasn't eating enough fat. My brain was suffering, like all of these things. And so Mm -hmm. it wasn't until I remember the day it was 20, I believe 2014, And I had been waking up with major anxiety, like the moment that I would open my eyes. And I don't know for those listening have ever experienced this, but I literally didn't want to face my day. I would open my eyes, my alarm would go off, but I still felt so tired. You know, the person that pushes the snooze button 10 times, that was me not excited about my day, had no energy, had no like excitement about my day. I literally dreaded my day. It also became very flaky at that time too, meaning I would always cancel my clients. I would cancel with friends. I became sort of this like, like loner in my house, like just, and I was a binge eater. So I would binge by myself. I'd be by myself. I was in my own thoughts. And I remember again, back to that pivotal moment of just the pain of staying the same is stronger than the pain of change. And I need to change. And I remember I started seeing a counselor and it wasn't until I stopped focusing on the diet and my, my physical health and my mental health came first, everything started to shift. So yeah, absolutely. The things that I see now, and I can identify it within people too, you know, what they're going through. And I'm like, okay, they got to go on their own journey. They got to figure it out because they're going to come to this realization that, that is really not that important, right? Missing that workout and freaking out at that grand scheme of things, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And so, but the Felicia who missed her workout in 2010, it ruined my day. It ruined my mood. I was literally, it, I, everything was predicated on the way that I would eat perfectly and my workouts perfectly. And I literally caused so much stress to myself. So yeah, it's completely changed. I, I love that you shared that. I really appreciate you sharing that and the mindset part of it, you know, mm-hmm. because I think so often our identity gets wrapped up in that physical appearance. And that's mm-hmm. the thing is like, you can go to the gym and we have no idea what is going on in anyone else's life, right? Or mind. No. And, but mm-hmm. all of a sudden we start that compare game, right? We start mm-hmm. comparing that game based upon only what we can see. And the thing is, is that we need to make sure that we turn it onto ourselves because ultimately that's the only thing we can control is ourselves. Yep. And Mm -hmm. so I love that you were able to not only see that you got the help and like, look at where you are now. Now, because you live that extreme lifestyle, you know, as we kind of close up here, I would love for you to just share, you you know, you're running multiple businesses now, right? Mm -hmm. Plus your podcast. What is your daily health look like? Like what is like Mm. a a win for you in a week? Because I want to help reset the perception of a lot of our listeners of what it, what it looks like. Cause I, I, I I can tell you, like I used to, I, I never, I want to say this right now, completed, competed like Felicia, but I did compete. So I know that restrictive lifestyle. I understand Mm -hmm. that I lived it for about three and a half years and I knew it wasn't sustainable you know, and the havoc that it wrecked on my body and then aging and kids and all the stuff that I had to change that perception. And at 42, I'm in way better health, my physical health, everything Mm -hmm. than I was Mm -hmm. back then when I thought I was struggling then. So um, I see it all the time. I say it all the time. Like I'm 40, I feel, and I look better at 40 than I did at 29. Like yep. truly and 29, 30, I was like the bulk of my career. I looked at, when I look at pictures, I'm like, I look older then. And I remember how unhappy I, I just totally night and day. Um, okay. So this may surprise some people because, you know, I was the kind of person like I need to learn. I'm an Enneagram three for those that may not know, like I really love structure. I love accolades. I love reward. Like I, I, I if you give me a plan, I'm very coachable. Like I follow the plan again, hence why I did so well and competitions for so long. Cause like, Hey, tell me what to eat. I eat the same thing every day and I'll follow it. I'll do it. 
I used to think that, you know, I used to read these entrepreneur, I have a bookshelf over here, like these books on entrepreneurship and what makes a successful person. And you see, okay, they wake up at 5am before everyone gets up and they meditate for an hour and they do a cold plunge. Then they drink their green juice. And then they're doing the thing. Like that was never me. (laughs) Like I'm not getting up at 5. Like I used to get up at 5am to train clients and do cardio. Never again. Like I am more of a, I wake up around 7am. I also really appreciate, so the first things first, if you're listening to this, find what works best for you that allows you to be your most efficient, productive, and also happy. Okay. Happy at the end of the day. So for me, you know, being able to be a solopreneur and, you know, just recently, I would say the last year and a half, I hired a team, but you know, it was really for me knowing that my day can look like however I want it to look. Um, in order for me to be productive. And also, I think we have these false perceptions that, uh, oh, well, we got to work eight hours a day in order for us to have a successful business. And I don't believe that. I believe you can get super efficient in however, whatever time, if you three hours, four hours, whatever it is for you. So I really had to like let go of the rules of what I thought success was and come back to what real feels really good for me. I know we talked about it before we get on the podcast. I don't work Fridays. I don't work Fridays. I don't do anything. I maybe send out a one or two emails, catch up with my Facebook groups, my communities, but pretty much it's a flow day, right? So when I really look at my day to optimize for me, I love slow mornings. So I get up and I have a good two and a half, three hours in my morning before anything starts. And when I say starts, before I have to get on a call or a Zoom meeting or a podcast, I am working out in that time because I value my health and I love exercise in the morning and I love my habit with that. And I go to a class there every day at 8 a.m. That is my my happy place. Come home, get my coffee. I have my journal here, journal, and I sort of look at my calendar for the day, get prepped for the day. But I like to be able to have those long mornings because I don't want to be rushed. I spent years rushing from appointment to appointment to training this and training this person to this meeting. And I just didn't want to do it anymore. And so like your day can look however you want it to look. And so, you know, I do have certain days that I have certain tasks. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are podcast days. I started dropping two episodes a week. So, and I like to batch for months. So I, now I have, you know, podcast episodes batched until March, but Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, podcast days, Mondays are teaching days. Um, you know, I even have certain time batching, uh, days and times for responding to emails. So, you know, it's really nice to be able to be in a very proactive place versus reactive state, you know, and when I say reactive state, that's the person who's getting up in the morning, going right to their phone. Oh my gosh, I got all these texts and I have these emails. I should email them back. And then all of a sudden their workout routine goes out the window and they feel like they have to respond. No. I know that I'll get to that email because between the hours of one and two is my email time and I'll get to it. So I don't feel guilty doing the workout at 8 a.m. I don't feel guilty doing the things because I know that I'll get to it. So being in a proactive space has also led to a lot less stress for me. And that's the number one most important thing for me is stress management. And if it's not fun, if it feels like grind, like pulling teeth, I won't do it. I'll say, no, I'm I'm not going to do it. So really it's taken me a while to really figure out what schedule works for me, but that's really where I optimize is working for maybe five hours a day, having long mornings and having certain days that I delegate certain tasks. I love that. And, you know, I think everyone on there, the key thing, there's a few key things, but it's like, what works best for you? Right. Mm -hmm. And, and sometimes you have to like, try right? We just talked about triumph and fail quick and move on, but you have to start Mm -hmm. asking yourselves the questions on how you want to feel. And I love that you are so connected with your feelings and like what you want to create. And even moms that you have to like get ready or parents that you have to like get ready, get your kids to school. How can you Mm -hmm. create your morning? And it might start the night before to set up that Mm -hmm. morning so that you can still have that empowered strength position than like running and racing and worrying. And I Mm -hmm. love the time blocking Felicia. I am working on time blocking. Let me tell you, I am, yeah, I am getting better. Um, but yes, time blocking is a big uh, goal for me this year. And I love creating efficiencies, but it's like Mm -hmm. creating those time blocks within it. And I just hired a team too. So, um, Mm -hmm. I think delegating is so great too. 
Um, yes, it uh, is helpful. It's so helpful. And, you know, when you can do that in your business and really, you know, I like to take audit on my business a couple times a year. And I really look at the things that I'm like, oh, I don't really need to do this anymore. How can I delegate this? How can I have someone else take this? And, you know, I always say too, you know, cause I have a signature program that I would say is my number one, like moneymaker. And so when I know that when you have a certain scalable offer program or whatever, you should be able to take a certain percent. And that usually I would say is around 20% of total revenue each month to be able to delegate to a team. You should be able to do that anyways. If you're starting to make at least your first 2,500, your first 5,000, like start thinking about how can I take some of this to give it to someone, delegate something to someone that takes it off my plate to be able to work on bigger picture in my business. So oftentimes when we make money, we want to just keep it all. And so like, if you actually look at your business is like, okay, well, I'm going to get paid. I'm going to pay myself 70% of this. I'm going to take the rest and put it towards a team and taxes. Then you're so much, you're going to scale so much faster if you can approach your business that way. Scale faster and enjoy it, right? You said have fun doing it. So I absolutely love that. Well, Felicia, I, I knew this was going to be great. I didn't know it was going to be this great. And I feel like we could keep going, but I obviously want to respect your time. Our listeners, I hope that you guys stayed in for this because it was good to the end. But Felicia, can you tell everyone what's best? I'm going to link everything in the show notes so you can go there. But what's the best way for the business of being healthy listeners to get in touch with you? Absolutely. I hang out over on Instagram. So you can just at Felicia Romero, my first and last name. Um, And so yeah, tons of information there. I have a TikTok, same thing, my name. And then I also have the Hi Felicia podcast, um, where I I love it. I've done it now for four years, one of my favorite platforms. And um, I have a lot of fun conversations over there. But I would say Instagram. Yeah, I hang out over there. So you can shoot me a DM. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time uh, today and all that wisdom. That's what this is about is sharing that wisdom to help someone else. So really appreciate you. And don't forget, we too, we have episodes twice a week, everybody. So this is um, the interview where I get to share wisdom from someone else, just like Felicia. And then we have the solo episodes um, where I share you tips and tricks on Tuesday. So don't forget to tune in then and we will see you then.